Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. God is good? And all the time? Oh, yes, and He's more than that. Well, good morning, good morning, those who are with us. We're going to get back into the life of David, a man after God's own heart. Last time we were here, we talked about putting Jesus first. And can I just encourage you, and those online, if you haven't watched it, please watch it. And if you haven't watched it, you might have been here, I'm going to encourage you to watch it again. And really answer the question, is Jesus really first in your life? It doesn't matter if we're in church. It doesn't matter if we're in small groups. It doesn't matter because we can still live our life with a little bit of Jesus in our life, but not Jesus is not in the control of our life. Amen? You can be in a car, but you're not in control of the steering wheel, are you? Because you're sitting on the passenger seat. But when Jesus has the wheel, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> when you allow God to take the wheel in your life, that's when, that's when you know, you know Jesus is first. And so I want to just remind you of that. This is important. Last time we were together, we talked about David. And David was in a very different spot than he's going to be today. Last spot was Saul came into the cave and he could have killed him, but he showed restraint. He did not. He was not going to touch the anointed. And he, and even though he was inspired by those around him to say, do it in. God set this up. Everything looks good, smells good. It's good. Let's get it done. Let's get it over and go home. But David didn't. David said, no, I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. And if God, God's going to do it. God put him in power and God's going to take him out however he chooses. Today's a little bit different. David's in a different circumstance, a title, a, entirely different, and therefore what happens is sort of like something that can talk to you and I, because I think we all have problems when our anger can get out of control. When all of a sudden we get so angry because something happens and we just take it to a, to a level that we're even surprised we got to that level. Um, does anyone here... Ever have a problem with anger? Good, raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, you know, anger, <laughs> anger is something that all of us can have a problem. I'll share some personal things about me because I had a problem with anger. And I could say had. Um, because it's at this point that everybody has a, a bout with anger but it's not just anger. It's, it's the attitude we have before the anger. It's what we store in our hearts before the attitude. And we have to realize before it gets to this level over here, there is a road before it gets there. Now, the problem is anger always grows. And have you ever done this? And I'll share, this, I'll share some things in a little bit. But have you ever got to a point where you, your anger didn't match why you're angry? You know, if someone did something, hurt you some way, and this was the crime, this was your offense, but your anger is way over here. And so we're going to be talking about that today because David, David is exactly in this point here. The fact is that we all get angry, but the problem is that we don't realize that anger is not a problem. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. 
Ang when we get angry, we get out of control, and that's where anger is sinful, when it's no longer under control. When we don't control our anger, our anger will cause destruction, devastation, on a scale that you can't imagine. I like this saying that someone said, don't know who said it. Anger is like fire. It will die out, but only after leaving a path of destruction. And that's exactly what anger does. When anger gets to this point, a person gets so upset, they don't care at that moment. You know what? They will take something that one, they'll think precious, and they will whip that thing across the, you know. I've had people in my office that's done things in their anger that is crazy. That really could have been catastrophic. Catastrophic. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> catastrophic. I can't say it. Yeah, yeah, English, English la a lesson later. <laughs> Just catastrophic. <laughs> Forget it. It, was, it could have been bad, really bad. And, uh, and, I, and after hearing what they did, I said, that was anger out of control. You see, today we live in a world, and if, you, if you're a driver, that's what they call road rage. And there, I went through and did a, a bunch of uh, studies on road rage, and I got really into it. And I finally said, I think everybody can agree that road rage is much higher today while driving. Now, let me give you one stat, one stat. In 2021, the average of people in road rage, 44 people per month were shot and killed or wounded in road rage, and it was doubled in 2021 than it was in 2020. Hey, was, was that part of the pandemic? I don't know. But I will tell you what, today you don't have to do much before someone wants to yell, scream at you. And yes, I'm talking to some of you Christians. So today I want to examine our hearts, and I want you to really think about this because we're, this, this Bible truth is too long, so we're going to do it in two parts. The first part is really talking when anger leads you, and this is the first part because when David gets angry, he loses his mind. He literally goes to a point of level to the crime that's been committed to him and what he desires to do it doesn't fit the crime. And so he is so angry that he is going to get even. Let's read the text and let's take a journey. First Samuel chapter 25, verse 1. Now Samuel died. Now this is a beautiful prophet, Samuel was. And all of Israel assembled and mourned for him and they buried him and his home in Ramah. And David moved down into the desert of Maon. A certain man in Maon who had property there at Carmel was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nebel, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband, a Calebite, was surely, surly, and mean in his dealings. While David was in the desert, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Kamel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you, good health to you, 
and your household and good health to all that are yours. Now I hear that I hear that at sheep shearing time, when your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Camel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my young men, since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masses these days. Why should I take my bread and water and meat? I have slaughtered from my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where. David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to his men, put on your swords. So they put on their swords and David put on his. And about 400 men went up with David while 200 stayed with the supplies. Now, let me just give you a little bit here that's talking about this story that we find out a little bit later in the story is that David says he swears to the Lord that not a man in that household will be will live. He, he says, you know what? I'm going to take my man. I'm going to kill every single man, including the bell. He's going to kill them all. Kill them all. He is upset. David's outburst of anger. Why is David so angry? What caused David to get to this, this area that wants to kill every male that belongs to this family? Think about this. What gets you so angry sometimes? Well, for David's case, David is on the run from Saul. His men are hiding in the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, they're doing two things. The first thing they're doing is they're fighting off skirmishes between other tribes. The second thing they're doing is they're protecting the Israelites from these other tribes. It was very cultural during that day that if men would provide protection for you, you would somehow provide something for them. It was sort of like, well, you're taking care of us, we're going to take care of you. And that was just something within the culture. So David, living out in the, out in the wilderness with all 600 men, some support of food and, and uh, supplies are important. So he protected Nabal's uh, sheep, shearers, from any of these tribes. And, and they, nothing was stolen. Everything was good. And David knew, like, okay, it's sheep shearing time. This is the best time for a shepherd because he sells the wool. He gets his money. They have a big party. We can get some of that, and he can be generous to us. It's only right since we provided protection. So David sends his men at that right time, and he reminds Nabal. He just reminds him. He says, listen, you know, we've been doing this. And so he didn't demand anything. He just simply reminded Nabal of who we were and said, ask your men what we've done. You'll know what we're talking about is true. This was a time, a festive time. Instead of responding with gratitude, this is where the whole story goes wrong. 
There's always, that always happens. I always notice that sometimes when there's a problem, it's never the problem, but something goes wrong in the midst of the problem that causes a major problem. And this is what happened because Nabal calls David's integrity into question. He calls him a rebel. He refuses to, to write by David and his men. And this really upsets David. Now, let me ask you a few things because I like questions. I like questions. And the first question is, how's your attitude? How's your anger? What really upsets you? And when it upsets you, how do you treat people? You know, what have, what's been done to you wrong and you can remember like it was yesterday? Have you ever been hurt by another person? Have you ever been mistreated, misunderstood? Have you ever had your name misspoken? Did someone gossip about you and said things that weren't true, but person spoke it like they thought they knew everything? Have you ever had your feelings hurt or been done dirty by someone, even someone close to you? Everybody has been hurt one way or another. Everybody has gone through life because in life, sometimes we get hurt. Someone say amen. Sometimes we're the offender, and sometimes someone offends us. I want you to understand that. But what is your first response? How do you handle it? What, what goes on? Because the reaction of being hurt is causes us to really cause anger to stir up. When someone hurts us or does something unkind to us, says something unkind to us or to someone in our family, uh, when someone does something to you, first thing in the flesh it rises up and we get angry and then times we get angry to the point that we do things we regret we say things that we regret sometimes you just can't take it back you know i want you to get this because there's a quote from anger management i read i don't know how many anger management quotes i just really think some of them are really good but i only gave you 300 listen to each one of them i <laughs> know i give you i'm gonna give you one Anger doesn't solve anything, it doesn't build anything, but it destroys everything. Anger. Anger is something that the enemy uses in you to destroy you. And the enemy of David was about to do that in his life, and he was overreacting to Nabal. I want you to understand something from history. Did you know that Alexander the Great could, this little guy who did this great work, conquer the world, but he couldn't conquer, conquer his anger. And one day, one day, he was at this big kind of celebration and, and he had a best friend that grew up with him since he was small. His name was Cletus and Cletus got drunk. He was one of the generals that was in the army, Alexander the Great's army. And because he was drunk, his best friend, his buddy, he grew up with, made fun of him and mocked him in front of his army. Alexander Great so got so mad that he threw a spear. He didn't want to hit his friend. He just wanted to come close enough to let him know how mad he was and, and, and just to scare him. But unfortunately, the spear found his heart and he died. Alexander the Great went through some great agony, 
some great remorse because of his actions, because his anger was out of control. And that happens so often. I've seen it so often. People's anger gets out of control, and when it gets out of control, it makes such a mess. Let me just show you a little bit what the Bible says about Nepal, Nepal's character. You see, he was a man who was harsh. He was a man who was hard to get along with. He was a man who had a bad attitude. He was a man, this is what the Bible describes him. He was a man who did evil doings. His name means fool, but the real Hebrew name means senseless. He was a man that had great wealth, but he was a foolish, foolish man. And he was a fox. He wasn't not a nice guy. But if you look here on this portion of Scripture, uh, verse 12 and 13, David says, put on your swords. So they put on their swords, and David put on his. About 400 men went with David while 200 stayed with the supplies. I I want you to understand something that David now is about to blow his stack, go to Nabal's house and kill him and all the men. Do you think that's just because David has been offended? He has been offended. He has done a good act. He has protected these men. He has put their life on the line. He has done well And the other man doesn't want to respect him by helping out and giving something for him to survive him and his men. So he feels insulted. And because you insult me, I'm not only just going to kill you, I'm going to kill every single male you have. Do you think that's a just punishment? I, um, one time, one of my sons did something, and I was upset. I was upset. And because I was upset, I punished him for a month I said, that's it. You are punished for one month. You're not going to see the outside. You're not going to see the light of day. And then I went away, and I calmed down a little bit, and I kind of chuckled to myself. I even started laughing, and I said, I just punished my kid for a whole month for something that he only deserves for a day. But it was because of this and this and this, and I was just so frustrated, and that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, and I would just said, you know what? I gave him an opportunity. He, he didn't finish it. I said, that's it. You're punished for a month. And later on that day, it could have been the next day, I went up to him and he asked if he could go outside or whatever. And I sat him down and I said, listen, that offense you did didn't deserve a month. I was wrong. I acted out of a, I was frustrated when I said that. I said, you didn't go out yesterday. Don't do that again. Understand that. Go ahead and play. I just... But you see, I punished a kid for a whole month for something that just deserved a day. David's about to kill all the people in the household just because he's been insulted. Think about this. He has lost his mind. He's so angry. But I'll tell you why he's so angry. Yes, he's angry at how he was treated, but he has all this other stress on him. And I find this all the time when people have all this other stress, all this other stuff that's on them, that instead of them letting God deal with it, let God deal with it, not to hold it, not to hold it, instead of doing the right thing, they don't. They feel like they have to control it, control it, hold it, hold it, control it, and then they carry it, and then all of a sudden something happens, and ba-boom, everybody gets splatted. There's a learning spot in this story 
we can always, we can't always control what the other person do, but we can always control the way we respond to it. Dave is about to do something really, really bad. I, I don't know about you, but my anger problem that I had, and, and, and Paula can verify that. Just shake your head that I had an anger problem. Yeah, I had a, a real anger problem. I really did. I just remembered I was working on a 1966 Ford Falcon. I rebuilt it from scratch. Just got a brand new paint job on it. I was working on it. This is probably, I have many bad uh, examples of anger. This is just one that showed me how much more pain comes your way when you're foolish. So I was on, working on the engine. If you know any about engines and you know what a knuckle buster is. How many know what a knuckle buster is, huh? You're on a wrench and the wrench slips and your whole hand, knuckles and all, go right into the block, right? Or goes into a, a bracket or something. And it usually messes you up pretty good. It draws blood and it hurts a lot. That's exactly what happened. I'm working on my engine, and I, the wrench slips. My hand goes right into it, man. I'm bleeding. I'm hurt. I take that wrench, and I'm so mad. I just, I spiked that thing, thinking, there, I'll show you. Well, that was great, because the little wrench went up in the air. It went right into my brand-new paint job. Oh, I got so mad. I turned around. I kicked the garage door. Because you know that garage door should get something. And then the garage door bounced off the Inca fence right, right into my paint job again. And before I did any more destruction, because I could not tell you how much flames were coming out of my head. I mean, I said, I said and I, I was saved, so you know what I mean? I said, Lord, if I don't get out of here, this whole car is going to fall apart. It's going to be, I'm going to need a new paint job. I, after I cooled down and saw my devastation, saw my two beautiful dents and scratches, and it just, it just made a mess of this beautiful paint job. Now, it's not mentioned the one you did. That was the first one. I did the second one. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> but that's what happened because of anger. You know, my hand healed. My car didn't. Every time I looked at my car, I seen these, it was, it just ruined the whole fender. I mean, it just, I looked at, I'm like, oh my word. I had to fix the whole thing. I had to take the whole fender off. I had to fix it all. Because it was just that bad. It just had these, it, it, it had to catch a nut in a boat. A nut in a boat had to go. It, it could have been something nice. No, no, the worst part of the whole door had to go into the car, you know. And the wrench, that just took the paint job off. Thank you, Craftsman. And, uh, but it taught me that that shouldn't have happened. Why did it happen? Because I could not control my frustration, my pain, my hurt. And I felt like I had to take it out on someone else because that's what happens with anger. You feel like you're going to take it out. And if you take it out on someone else, you think, you think in your mind, I'm going to feel better, but you feel worse and you get more problems. Because after I came back to my car and I was cooled down, all I said is, you are one stupid boy. Now I have dents in a car that I'm trying to fix up. I, have more, I just made more work for myself, and my hand, it healed. <laughs> it didn't cost anything to heal the hand. It, praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can't say that for my fender. You see, David 
is in a rage. He's blinded by rage. He's, he's blinded by only what he can see. This is what happens with anger. Listen to me. Listen to me. When you have anger, you are focused on what you are focused on, and you do not look at anything else. Your focus is only on what you see. You do not see big picture. You're angry. You see a situation, circumstance, and you are ready to lash out everything on a particular person because, one, they're in your way, or they're there, or they're the person you want to lash out in. But the reality is all your focus is on one thing, and you are missing everything else. And David is about to lash out on a group of people who are innocent and have nothing to do with the decision of the shepherd, Nabal, the owner of these sheep. That is what anger does. Anger always causes destruction. It takes control of a mind and turns sane men and women into raven lunatics. Have you ever saw someone just, you know, like, and you say, I've never seen that person that way. Tell you a true story. This is not, this is not too, too long. I mean, uh, this is where I was brought to a point, and I'm not, it's hard to bring me to a point, but I, I was, this is during, during a certain time in my life, not too far back, a couple years ago, and I was doing something, and someone brought me to a point of um, explosion. I was ticked off. I mean, I could have done battle. battle. Um, when I was younger, I didn't cry. I'm a blooming baby today, but when I was younger, I didn't cry. But if I did cry, if tears are in my eyes, they were not tears of wimpish. There were tears about me to lose my control, and I'm about to kill you. That was the bottom line. That was the way I showed my emotions. I was like, I just, I was like time bomb in some sense. But I got to a point, not too, not, too, not too a few years ago, I was at a point, situation, circumstance. I got to that point where I was so mad. There were people who were there that after they heard me communicating, after, they're like, because they never see me in such being upset. You see, have you ever seen someone so upset and you go, whoa, I never saw that from that person. And see, that's when... That is when you have put yourself and built up of stress, build up of stuff. And if you build up, you will explode. I'm going to say it again. If you build up, you will explode. Be angry, but sin not. And that's because of the control of the spirit. Now, I was still in the control, but I was verbalish. My verbish, I should say, was clear to say the least. You see, you and I need to understand anger will cause you to say things you wouldn't ordinarily say, do things you wouldn't ordinarily do. Anger will make you look like a fool. Make you look like the bad guy, even though in the beginning you're not the bad guy. You're not the bad person, but it makes you look because you're the one that goes to the extreme. What Nabal did was bad, but what David was about to do was worse. And it makes David look really, really bad. The Bible has a lot about anger. Look what it says. This is something good. Ephesians 4, 26, 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give a devil a foothold. Get this. 
This scripture is going to play a bigger part next week. But let me just say this. In your anger, do not sin. People say, I got angry, I sinned, I got anger. is spot. Jesus got angry. But he was angry because of the unrighteousness that was taking place in the house of God. They're what they call righteous indignation. It was, it was anger under control. When your anger is not under control, you're all flesh. You're all you. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. What is it saying? Deal with the problem. If you don't deal with the problem, the problem is going to deal with you. A lot of times people just don't want to do it. You know, they don't want to talk about the elephant in the room. I know it's pink, but we're not going to pay attention to it. La, 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 la. Don't want to talk about it. When you do that, you create a mountain of problems. It's not, you don't want to deal with it. Deal with it however you want to deal with it, but deal with the elephant in the kindest, right way of where, because God's very clear, but yet very loving. Do not, let, do not give the devil a foothold. And that's, that's a big deal, because when you don't get your emotions in check, the devil will use it. Some would say amen. Psalms 37, 8 says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to worry. I like the Message Bible. Sometimes I'll go to Message Bible, and sometimes it's really good. I got a good one for you this morning. Psalm 37, 8, and Message says, bridle your anger, trash your wrath. I like that. That's a, that's a preach. That's a sermon message right there. Trash your wrath. Cool your pipes, Big Daddy-O. It only makes things worse. Man, trash your wrath. When you're about to do something, your, your wrath, God said, let him do the judgment, not you. you. You don't know the whole story. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. It leads you, hey, listen, to the dark side. How many Star Wars fans? Come on. Anybody? Huh? Huh? Uh, I see some hands. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, it does. Anger leads you to the docks. It really does. Proverbs 14, 29, a patient man or woman has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. What does that say? Well, a patient man has great understanding because he knows what God's word says. See, it's not enough. People know God's word, but they don't apply it. This is, this is, this is another one beautiful. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Ooh, Proverbs 19, 11 says it's a beautiful. It's to the glory to overlook an offense. I have to overlook it? Mm. Well, a man of wisdom would recognize, well, God has been gracious to me. I have to be gracious for others. Well, God has been forgiven to me. I have been forgiven. I have to forgive others. God has been merciful to me. I have to, I have to be merciful to others. Someone say amen. amen. I love this one. This one here is going to make you smile. Ecclesiastes 7.9. Do, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of the fools. But the message says, don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. It's, a, it's, it's one of those... It's one of those things that I think is so true. Do not be quickly provoked. You know, if you're quickly provoked, you're carrying anger already. If you get angry so quick, you have unresolved issues. Because, see, the reason why you're so quickly provoked is because your level, 
of that peace level is high. Your peace level is not your peace level is not high, I should say, but your, your frustration, your aggravation, your unsettledness is. And so when something happens, you can fly off the handle because you're not walking in peace. It's like, it's like a cup. Think of a cup with me, and it, it's like a quarter inch from the top, and I just put a little bit of water in it. What happens? It <laughs> overflows. But if that cup had nothing in it, and I started putting water in it, it would take a while for it to overflow. And that's what happens. We're walking in life where our cup's so being full because we're holding on to a cup full of water. Someone comes up and does something small to us, and then all of a sudden, they get the overflow. I love to just learn the lesson, as, and I say, God, will you help me, help me to truly don't carry. And as I continue to work on these things, it's amazing how light my day is, even though there's plenty of things that I could really get frustrated with. I like it a lot, to tell you the truth, and you too can live in that. It's a choice. It's a real choice. Are you quick-tempered? Does your anger get out of control? Does your attitude get out of control? Do you hurt others with your attitude, with your words, with your feelings, with your expressions, with your outbursts? It's really important. Galatians 5, 23 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here's the biggie, self-control. And so when you are angry about something, the question is, is the Spirit of God working with self-control? Are you allowing your emotions to lead you, or are you allowing the Spirit of God to lead you? That's really important to really ask yourself. Are we letting the Spirit of God lead? Am I, am I living in love and forgiveness and joy and peace and faith? Or am I remembering how I've been hurt? And am I remembering my bad experiences? Am I remembering, you know, the such and such, and such that did such a thing, you know? And we just have a whole list. Can I just tell you, burn the list. Because when God forgives you, he wipes it away. He takes it, as the psalmist says, he takes your sins and puts it in the sea of forgetfulness. Hello? Why are we carrying a list around of all the stuff, all the, all the things of the past that just bring us down? Why carry the list? If God burnt your list, then you burn someone else's list. Because that list that you carry is the reason why you have the emotions that you have and the anger that you have. And what you don't handle handles you. Amen? What, does it, what you do not handle, handle you. I don't know, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here today. Maybe there is an attitude problem, an anger problem. But by, the Bible talks about it, and the only one you have, to, you have to go to Jesus Christ. Now, for those that don't know Jesus, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a promise. He'll give you rest. God has the promise for everything we need. We just have to go to him. If you want to carry it, God says, Okay. You want to carry it, you carry it. But I've already provided to carry it for you. I've already done it, did it. But you don't want to let go of it. You're too afraid to let me take charge. The problem is you got to let go and let God. That's what's so important. And the best way is give Jesus your whole heart. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to just make you new by the power of his Holy Spirit. 
and allow the Spirit of God to do a work on you and commit your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. One of the things, too, is that if you're allowing that anger is, is having, you need to really deal with it. That's what an altar is. These altars are always open, always open. To spend some time before God. The problem is, the problem is, people will acknowledge certain things, but they don't do nothing about it. And I'm at that point where whatever it is, I want to do something about it. I don't want anything to grow. That's why I spend a lot of time at altars. Altars at the house, altars in the church, altars in my office. I have an altar or a place to meet with God wherever I'm at. Or I, in the normal day. I'm not at the food store, you know. In the cracker aisle, you know, praying. But when I get out, I might be in my car. <laughs> you have to find that altars. Father, will you help each one deal with their emotions of the anger, with the attitudes, as they find that time with you on a consistent basis, a consistency, meeting with you, spending time with you in your presence. And Lord, if they're dealing with pain of the past that's causing the anguish in the present. I ask God that they would burn those lists that they've been feeling like they have a right to. Feel like they, they have a right to carry it because, because you know what, Lord? I, I have a right to. I, I was done wrong. And, and it, you know, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, they no longer carry but cast. They no longer carry but cast. And I pray, Lord, victory and freedom in the power of in the name of Jesus Christ, may your power, may your might, may your strength do a great work as they yield their heart to you right now, as they confess. Lord, as they go to the ones they've hurt and ask for forgiveness, not sorry, but please forgive me. Ask for forgiveness. And as they do these things, I pray that you, God, would create a new spirit within them and do a work, we ask, in their family and those around them. We ask in Jesus' name. Someone say, amen and amen. Give God some praise. Can you stand to your feet? <clears throat> when we talk about, I, I look forward next week. Such a beautiful story. What an intervention of God. But when we come to anger, if you want to be used of God, you got to cast it you got to cast it. I'm going to let you go. The altars are open to just spend some time in the presence of God if God has led anything upon your heart, upon your mind. Because I recognize things only change when the person wants change by the power of God. Father, may you touch your people once again. And as they go their highways and byways, I pray they go with your presence, your peace. May they recognize all that you want to do in them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Speak to your people. Holy Spirit, have your way. And everybody said in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. God bless, God bless.